Hello, this is Kenya, and welcome to my Magical Cottagecore Life. Today, even though we've been doing a series on inexpensive holiday gifting, we're going to take a break because moms need a break, dads need a break, everybody needs a break sometimes, and we are going to discuss the easiest comfort food you can give yourself during these busy days of getting ready for winter holidays. Now, many of us have a decently stocked pantry. There are those who do not. And if you do not and you're in Michigan, I do recommend you contact the United Way's help number at 211 or visit a local food pantry or church. But if you do have a reasonably well-stocked pantry, this is probably something you can treat yourself with relatively little effort. And if your pantry is a little low, this is something you can kind of adapt as well. So today, take out your big book of stuff and turn to the comfort food section in your recipe area. Because today, we're going to make quick pantry bean soup. Let's get started. So this recipe is relatively easy. It's not going to use a lot of different exotic ingredients or anything like that. This is simple food for simple living and simple folks. And I hope you enjoy it. The first thing you're going to need is decide what kind of beans you want to cook. And when I say that, I don't just mean the variety of bean. I also mean, are you going to do this from scratch? For, with dry beans or are you going to prepare this with canned beans? If you're preparing it with almost all canned food then it's not nearly as long of a process to get started. So in this particular soup we're going to start with two basic beans. Pinto beans and cannellini beans. Now, here's the thing. If you know about that particular bean, you know it's basically a white kidney bean, right? So you can substitute other white beans. Let's say you want to substitute something like northern beans or navy beans. You definitely can. You don't have to have pinto beans. You can substitute something like black beans or red beans, although the flavor will be very different in every substitution. But today's uh, soup that I'm talking about, this quick comfort soup, will simply be cannellini beans and pinto beans. And because I'm a thing about, I have a thing about proportions, I try not to make my bean content or any ingredient content like this to be absolutely equal because I am one of those people who I think two to one is a good re ratio. You do it in gardening, you do it in beans. You You kind of like if you're mixing a soup. So let's say if I was putting flowers in a garden or herbs in a garden and I had different sorts in the same little patch, I would have three of one part, two of another, and one of another just to make it balanced out. So in this particular case, I have twice as many pinto beans, almost three times as many, as I do of the white bean. And for me, it works out. Next thing you're going to do is decide whether or not this is going to be vegetarian or if it's going to have meat. For my particular soup today, 
I have a meat. I have a smoked turkey neck. You don't have to do that. You can definitely do this with a vegetable stock. You can make it vegan. But for me, this is going to be a comfort food for my family, and they eat meat. They eat more meat than I do, honestly. I'm getting closer to not eating much meat at all. So um, this is definitely one of those situations where I'm making it uh, as a compromise with the family. So I have smoked turkey neck in there. It's a beautiful neck. And I have uh, various bouillons. So let's talk about the flavorings. So for my flavorings, I put in some packets of different bouillons and flavorings. And if you don't have meat in your pantry or smoked meat, then this is definitely something you might want to think about because this way you can give yourself a lot of flavor for your meal without always having to have meat to flavor it. Although we do eat the meat as well. But in this particular case, I put in ham flavoring. Uh, it's like a bouillon, but not. And it's artificial because I, I draw the line. I don't eat pork, but that's just me. And I have beef bouillon. I have the turkey neck meat flavor, of course. I have chicken stock. As well as chicken bouillon. And all of this is going on in there. It, it, it's all going on. And if you don't have beef bouillon, you can always use the beef flavoring packet from your ramen in most cases. Seriously, you can. It depends on how large of a pot you have, though. I have a really large pot of water um, and a huge, like, double, a double portion of the bouillon, uh, of, excuse me, of the chicken so stock that I put in there. It's not a normal size uh, box of bouillon or um, chicken stock. It's a double size box of chicken stock, which means it's, it's really big. Like, think you had... Think of this. Think of it this way: You have two boxes of chicken stock, and you put it in this big, big pot. I have a huge pot, and I also put in at least I want to say four cups of water because I'm going to be cooking this down for a while. That's why I can put all this bouillon in there because I'm really going to town on this. But you don't have to. You can make this all vegan, and just because it's vegan doesn't mean it can't have flavor. That is a myth. There are so many different kinds of vegetable stock you can use, and it will make it pop. And just to get into that a little bit, don't be afraid of mushrooms if you're not allergic to mushrooms. As always, if you're serving this to people you do not know, warn them that there are mushrooms in here just in case. If you decide to use mushrooms, yes, you can add beans and mushrooms to the same dish. It'll be fine, especially if you're using it as a flavor. Uh, for those of you who forage here in Michigan during the fall, and I'm not talking about the morels, don't start with that. I'm talking about the people who got mushrooms and lion's mane and other kinds of mushrooms. Some of you took them, chopped them down, and froze them. I have a couple of bags of frozen mushrooms still left. And then others of you may have actually gone a different route and froze them whole. I know my husband likes the puffballs, so what you can do is you can cut those up and dehydrate them and freeze them. So that is something you can do to actually inform the flavor of your, your dish as well. You can bring that mushroom goodness in there for a little bit of umami. And um, it's, just, it's just another way to give yourself a different flavoring. Also, don't sleep on vegetables. Vegetables have their own taste. And... If you were able to grow carrots, you'll know how sweet they are and that their taste is very robust. So some carrots, beet leaves, and leeks, and you have a very flavorful 
a vegetable blend. And if you're working on stocking your pantry now, dehydrating these ingredients and grinding them into a powder for your own kitchen pepper or kitchen seasoning or your own actual dried bouillon is one way to make sure you have them in stock all the time so you can use them as a soup base. And you can do that with many different kinds of vegetables. Okay, so let's get back to the episode as far as this particular pot of soup. Now, in this particular pot, I also put three sage leaves because I do do dry my own sage and a bay leaf. In addition to that, I put in about five cloves of minced garlic because I really like garlic. And I'm letting it cook and it's it's just that easy. It's not that hard. It's pretty pretty simple. But let's say you want to make your beans soup from scratch. Oh, and I also put in um about two cups of diced tomatoes and again this is a pantry kind of recipe so I had a can of diced tomatoes yes I really do have canned food I don't just make everything from scratch all the time sometimes it's just not in me to do all that extra work and this is super super non-labor intensive so I put in a can of diced tomatoes after I mean not tomatoes potatoes after rinsing them I just threw them in the pot so basically it's a turkey version of a ham and bean soup but more so it's a turkey bean and potato soup and it's gonna be really filling and really really well seasoned by the end but you don't have to do that but let's say you're doing it from scratch so you select your beans and it can be any kind of bean I like baby lima beans mixed with uh, the cranberry beans but you don't have to you can pick any bean you want it doesn't have to be mixed beans it could be one kind of bean but for this for this particular soup I recommend at least two different kinds of beans and you can also buy that multi bean mix but I think it's overpriced it's just me you you know not hate not anybody but if you are gonna do dry beans here's some things you need to keep in mind when you're going to work with beans what you want to keep in mind is that it is important to keep them clean, to clean these beans before you cook them. And dry beans contain all kinds of particulates that you may not be able to see just by looking at it through the bag. So always empty out your beans into a large pot of cold water. And what you're going to do is you're going to scrub your beans with your hands. Do not put soap in your bean water. Please don't do that. Um, that's not what we do. But you're going to scrub them with just soap and, <laughs> listen to me, <laughs> just water, no soap. And you're going to rub them vigorously together. You will find so much dirt and filth comes out of that. You're going to pour the water off and you're going to do it again. You will continue to scrub these pots of water with the beans until they no longer are cloudy. That's how you know they're clean. It's almost the same way as when you are rinsing rice and you just keep doing it until the rice is no longer cloudy. I'm looking at you. I can see you. Yes, we wash our rice. We don't just put it in the pot. We rinse it and get the clouds off. But you knew that. I know you did. So, once the beans are clean, you're going to kind of lay them out a little bit into a larger pot or into the um into a strainer. You can put them into a colander, whatever it is you use to strain, and you're going to make another huge pot of water. Uh you you know what kind of water you're going to need. You're going to need clean water. So there. And you're going to soak them. But before you take them out of the strainer, grab them by the handful. 
seriously, by the handful, and look through them and make sure there are no stones or small rocks in the beans. This is also the time you get to inspect the beans. Uh, if anything was floating after you soak them, you're going to get rid of those. But look for them. Look, Make sure there's no insects in there. Make sure that there's that they're, they're good-looking beans. These are going into your body. You want good food. Once you've gone through all the beans and you've put them into the large pot of water, let them soak overnight. Now, if you don't want to let them soak overnight, you can do a quick soak for about an hour, boil them for about an hour, and then let them soak. The directions on how to do a quick soak are easily found on the bean packaging, depending on the bean you have. I am not talking about split peas. <clears throat> I am not talking about lentils. So I don't want to split hairs about split peas for this recipe. You get it? Split hairs, split peas. Why are you groaning? Oh, it wasn't that bad. It really wasn't. Okay, let's let's keep going. So once you've got everything clean and soaked and you're ready to cook, you're going to cook your beans for as long as the directions say. And I, I say that, but I know that that's not always true because different heights or elevations can change how long it takes to cook your food. If you're in a lower elevation, it will definitely affect how long it takes to cook your food. Uh, when I l used to live on top of a mountain, I didn't understand that and couldn't understand why none of my recipes were working. And once uh, a kind woman was, what was her name, Lupe? Once a one, uh, one of the grandmothers was kind enough to come to me and say, um, you can't cook? What's wrong with you? And I said, my, my recipes don't work up here. She says, no, they don't. You don't live down there, do you? You live up here. And um, you got to love older people. They're pretty blunt. And I'm not going to get into the rest of that. But once I made the adjustment, everything was better. Once you've got these beans going, you're also going to add your meat, if you're going to, or your vegetable flavorings, and just let it cook down. This is one of those things you just have to let them cook for a couple of hours, preferably with the lid half on and half off over a low heat. Now, for those of you who use meat but don't have access to turkey necks or have never used a turkey neck or creeped out by turkey necks or things like that, there are other options. You can use ham hocks, which is one of the most common ingredients in this kind of thing. They are flavorful. They are perfect accompaniments to beans. I just don't eat pork anymore, so I can't use them. But they are wonderful. You can use smoked chicken. Believe it or not, you can smoke chicken. You can smoke almost any kind of meat. I am not going to say put fish in here because a fish stew is a completely different animal, no pun intended, and that's something we'd have to get down on a special episode. And yes, I do mix fish stew and fish soup, but not not with beans. I, I've not done that. I don't know how that would taste. I may have to look into it and see if it's a thing, but I can only sh share with you what I know. Another smoked meat you can use would be venison. Keep in mind, though, venison doesn't have a lot of fat, so you're going to have to add something to it. Also, venison has a gamey taste, so you want to look into that. You could probably use beaver. Keep in mind also that if you're cooking beaver first, you have to spin it. But I got that from Min Young. I'm sorry, Min, I mean Min Jung. Min Jung, I'm sorry. I, took, I stole that info from you from when you were roasting the beaver and were spinning it 
uh, because you have to make sure it was cooked on all sides. So I don't know if you have to spin it or not, but I know if you're roasting it that way in the air, you do. So, hey, Heyman Junk! <laughs> um, and, I mean, any kind of meat can be done with this. I do know for a fact that you can do it with squirrel, but squirrel, you'll have to use two of them because they're not much to them. There's not a lot of meat there. And if you use possum, that's all you. Um, if you use possum, or as my father used to call it, poor Sam, then it would definitely work as well. Now you'll find that as these beans are cooking, they begin to get where the smell is just heavenly. The longer they cook, the better they are. But I do want to come back to something. Uh, earlier in this podcast episode, I talked about soaking your beans. I do want to get into something. After you soak the beans, you will find that there is this little bit of scum, this grossness that builds on the top of the water. And some people cook the beans in that because they're like, oh, it just thickens the bean. And some other people pour it off. I am in the team of pour that off because it just gives you gas. It's not it's not fun to to eat that. It's not good for you necessarily to eat it either. You don't want too much gas building up in the body. If you are very sensitive to gas also, you can add a pinch of baking soda to your beans and that way will also help reduce the gas. Another thing you need to know is do not put salt. Do not put salt into your beans no extra salt save that for the end while they're cooking because they'll get even more firm than they already are if you're using the canned bean method you may find that they have added firming agents to them you want to rinse your beans very thoroughly before you put them in the pot if you want the soft soft buttery consistency of beans that i grew up on some of you like that little bite to your bean I grew up with southern parents, so we like our, our beans to be very buttery soft. And um, my husband and I disagree on this because he likes the beans to have a little form to them, a little little uh, body. Me, I was brought up to where they should just melt like butter. Much like the greens, they should dissolve. But uh, again, this is a, a cultural difference. So what are you going to do, right? And I think at this point you know where we're going. It's time to add a bread. Now this bread could definitely be something like a thick, heavy loaf, like a pumpernickel or a rye. Uh, it could also be something like a nice dinner roll. It depends on you. Personally, I like cornbread. Hey, hey. Or a really big, thick hunk of homemade bread, uh, maybe with like a little cheese on the top. It really comes down to you. Beer bread is also an option. So, you know, what you like is what's important. That's the most important thing. Why are we serving it with bread? Because you want to balance out the flavors and it even makes it more filling. You can add butter to it or not toward the end of cooking. A little butter in the, in the beans makes it just a little bit even more savory. But you do not have to. Especially if this is a vegetarian dish, you definitely don't have to add that. little olive oil can make a difference as well. I hope that this recipe finds you well, hearty, and whole. I hope it makes you feel good and gives you a break from all the frantic preparations of this time of year. And I hope it brings you a bit of joy in the kitchen so that you don't have to work so hard. Now, if you made them from scratch, eh, there was a little bit more work than maybe you thought. But at the end of the day, 
it's all a meal in a pot and it kind of works out really well. So from my home to yours, I wish you a beautiful day and I really look forward to seeing you here. I mean, I love sharing these kinds of moments with my friends and we're friends, right? So until next time, I'll see you here on my Magical Cottagecore Life.